0: Hey guys, Joe, aka one of the hosts here, and I'm recording this in 2020 on the two-year anniversary of our first episode. At the time we started the podcast, then known as the Yu Show, with a dream, a lot of ambition, and middling audio quality. We spent the next 1.75 years running through the entirety of Yu Show's 112 episodes as 33 podcast episodes, periodically changing the show's format and improving the audio quality as we went on. We then proceeded in episode 36 to upgrade our mics and rebrand to our current name, The Spirit Hunters a podcast about the entire body of work of Yoshihiro Tagashi and the cultural and media influences incorporated into and flowing from his stories. If you're interested in skipping to Hunter x Hunter and beyond, go straight to Season 2, Episode 1, a.k.a. Episode 36, and come back if you want to listen to the OG show. Let me repeat, Yu Hakusho ends and Hunter x Hunter begins in Episode 36. But if you're still here for Yu Hakusho specifically, then listen on and... Give us a second to hit our stride, technically, and, you know, as podcasters, and consider out of order listening to Season 2, Episode 17, where we interview Hie's voice actor, Chuck Huber. If you want to learn more or get in touch, hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash spirithunterpod and our Twitter at spirithunterpod. Anyways, enjoy the show. Welcome to the first episode of the Yu Yu Hakusho. If this is your first time listening, which it should be as this is the first episode, we're a full series rewatch and discussion podcast of the show Yu Yu Hakusho. That's going to get really confusing, but when you see it in text, it might do a bit better. Uh, Think of this as a book club about punks, poltergeists, and pugilism. My name's Joe Spiro, and I'm joined by fellow fans of the supernatural accompanying me on this journey. As this is the first episode, please go around the table and tell us, One, who are you? Two, what does Yu Hakusho mean to you? Three, why did you decide to talk about a 25-plus-year-old anime? And what do you hope to do with this podcast? Let's start with... Patrick!
1: Alright, so Joe's putting me on the spot. Alright, so my name's uh, Patrick. I uh, uh, Maybe some of you know me from the Sega Saturn Shiro podcast, where I talk about Sega Saturn and all things Saturn with my friends Dave and Kay, but, uh, that's not about those losers, it's about, uh, anime, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, when I was younger, I remember, uh, watching little bits and pieces on Adult Swim, uh, well, Adult Swim Toonami, what it was on, uh, one of the interesting things that still burns to my brain every time I think about it is the, uh, the one scene where, uh, of the, um, Quinn was getting spanked by, I'm um, assuming his father, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a that was a promo image, and I thought that was like the most striking thing to see on a uh, daytime television. So <laughs> yeah. it was uh, it was really interesting. And it really, I guess that really sort of burned that show into my brain, and I've always wanted to watch it since. But uh, yeah, and I really just always wanted to watch it. I've never seen it before, so this is going to be my first time wa- watching the entire series. So I'm going to be coming in with a fresh perspective and. A lot of confusion, so uh. Hype? Yeah. It's gonna be gonna be fun, and I hope to make a lot of mistakes, and you hate hating me the most, <laughs> the best.
0: Megan.
2: Oh, what's up, guys? Uh, my name's Megan. Uh, so I grew up actually watching a lot of anime, uh, mostly, like, like Patrick, what was on TV, um, Sailor Moon, Yu Yu Hakka Show, Dragon Ball Z. Y'all know the basics, but, um, with Yu Yu Hakusho, I'm not gonna lie. The main reason I watched it wasn't the action sequences. It's because I had a huge crush on Kurama, and Who I know, man, that dude's hot. Like eight year old me was all over that. <laughs> <laughs> and Tippy Fairy's like 14, so like it's not. It's not the worst.
0: <laughs> um, is he 14, though? Uh, Question mark. Uh, is he 14?
3: It it's like for us to discuss in later episodes. Yeah, We'll dive we into that. If he looks 14, so that's mm-hmm. good for me.
0: It's like
1: Oh,
3: <laughs> well, wait, hold
2: on. Wait, I mean. wait, wait, <laughs> wait. Eight-year-old me, eight-year-old me. I am an adult. Um, <laughs> but essentially why I wanted to do this was because I never, like, is, I just don't have a forum to be able to talk about... These things, a lot of my friends don't enjoy anime and they don't watch things that I watch. So it'll be a great opportunity to just chat and discuss and share theories and opinions. And um, yeah, so that's it.
0: For some reason, I thought you had more friends who were into anime. I guess not.
2: Most of my friends are white. Uh, Really? Okay, I'm also
0: surprised by that, too. It's because I
2: grew up in North Scottsdale, uh, Arizona. Maybe I just know a
0: certain group of your friends. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's Uh, why.
2: So I have... They're kind of segmented, but the people I generally hang out with don't actually... I have one friend... Who Grace, who really loves anime, we talk about it.
0: That's yeah. one of the people I know. That's why I just thought like yeah. a bunch of her All friends of like them anime. Do, yeah, but, like
2: the other people I'm close to, usually not a huge fan of it, or we just mm-hmm. don't we don't get to weave out mm-hmm. as much as I'd really like to. Because I I think growing up in Scottsdale, everyone everyone just assumed I liked anime, so I had to pretend I didn't a little bit. Um, I don't know, just kind of like that shame of like being like I don't know, it's not a shame, but.
0: Uh, for for anyone who doesn't know, Scottsdale is in the Phoenix area right. It's a very, very uh, rich, like, white suburb mm. It's referred to as Snobsdale
4: Or Snobstale <laughs> Yeah,
2: just very, a lot yeah. of pretentious people And, uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't get to talk about it And I really want to, so, there's that
3: Cool, um, I'm Hannah Um, I'm a Artist, illustrator, designer by day, major binge-watcher of anime and comedy and YouTube videos by night. Um, the reason why I love Yohaku Show is because it actually introduced me to art in general. I used to trace the manga chapters when oh. I was in middle school, and it helped me got, gain more confidence in drawing, and eventually... I wanted to become an animator because of watching anime, particularly Yohaku Show. But then it led me through becoming a designer and reflecting back on it. Yohaku Show has always been an anime art style that I've really enjoyed. So in general, the story about it is also really meaningful. Like everyone else here, we watched it as kids and all that stuff. Um, The reason why... I want to participate is because I want to kind of, like, spread the news about Yu Show. It's definitely a lot older anime nowadays. A lot of people don't really know about it when you say, oh, what's your favorite shonen? They think, like, the basics, like, Bleach, Naruto, maybe, I don't know, Boku no Hero, which is a great anime, by the way. But Yu Show is definitely one of those classics that I feel like needs a little bit more love. So I'm hoping with this podcast we can all learn more about the show, kind of watch it all together, and learn little neat facts that you just didn't know before.
0: Cool, cool. Hey, uh, I'm Joe. I introduced myself a bit earlier, but uh, as for me, um, I'm a big, longtime fan of Yu Show and uh, anime in general. Like the others, uh, I mainly started by watching what was on TV uh, through Toonami, etc. It was kind of that's kind of the way people got into uh, anime at the time, as many of the people listening to this are probably well aware. Um, but I think I had heard about Yu Show before, but I had like no context for it because... Um, so, spoilers, but a good number of people on this podcast are Filipino. When some of my cousins moved over from the Philippines, they mentioned the show, but they called it Ghost Fighter because that's what it was called there. Uh, it had an alternate dub that... Is Ooh. generally considered trash for a lot of reasons. Part of it which has to do with like not only bad localization, but inaccurate like accidentally inaccurate localization. Not even like a oh, we tried to make it more Filipino. It's like, no, we straight up didn't realize the gender of certain characters or <laughs> like it's it's very weird. Um I mean Ooh, well, whose genders were changed that. like Botan's a man. No, 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 what what? Like, oh, no. Like, no, no, no. Kurama, Kurama, Kurama's a girl, which somewhat understandable. He's a very pretty man. Aww. Um, and <laughs> and Genkai, who you haven't met yet, is a dude. And then the switch in the second season when they're like, "Oh shit, we fucked up," and then changed <laughs> voice actors and got new people and. <laughs> Change their names um oh, it's like it's like when,
1: it's like, imagine like you're watching a marathon it's like they or like a tv show it's like you're watching season one the next day you're watching the season two and it's like his, his voice because they always like oh, it like, oh, goes like oh hey what's up it goes like oh what's going on it's like, oh. <laughs>
0: yeah like characterization changed a bit too it's it's considered one of the most inaccurate uh localizations of the show and there's a lot across uh the world But um, regardless, Yuhak Show is one of my favorite anime and um, it's one of my favorite anime of all time for a number of reasons, one of which uh, I grew up as a snotty-ass kid uh, who wasn't living up to his potential and um, a lot of Yuhak Show spoilers is about kind of like not only accepting responsibility but like embracing it and sort of like trying to understand who you are in relation to the people around you, your ideals, and society uh, as like highbrow a theme as that seems it comes about naturally through just the interactions of um, the main characters as they grow and sort of learn about uh, a more interesting and subtle idea of the past and like their relationships with their mentors Uh, but yeah anyways um, this is the second podcast I've ever uh, been a part of and I'm hoping to uh, you know sort of do something pretty awesome with this uh, and uh, that's it for me for now
3: Hey, so I'm Sarah. Uh, this, I'm by profession. I am a admin assistant, aka I just balance people's schedules, including the one for this podcast. So it's a natural fit. Um. Yu Show is a very special show to me. It's not the first anime I watched. That was definitely Hamtaro, and oh, <laughs>
4: which, yes, which, yes, which yes. I loved.
3: <laughs> but Yu Show I think, is the first anime that I would revisit later in years, even when I was going through this whole denial phase. I, I, I don't watch anime. What are you talking about? That one I did watch, and I would sneak downstairs <laughs> when, for some reason, Cartoon Network would decide to put it at, like, 2 a.m., I would sneak downstairs, my parents were asleep, and I would watch it on low, and I would just definitely make my eyesight even worse watching it in the dark, but just loving it anyway, because I just was so engrossed with the story and the characters. And even years later, I still go rewatch random episodes and clips, and I enjoy it just as much as I did when I was 10, when I first watched the episode where Yusuke... That's run over by a car. So it's definitely a special series for me and I do um just when we decided to make this podcast, I wanted to join because I just love talking about it and um I didn't really have much of a platform to talk about it. So just being able to put it in words and have like a time to just geek out without any reservation is it's like hell yeah, sign me up. In yeah,
0: so we doing
1: a Hantaro uh, watch through after this podcast? Oh yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. But then we're gonna make a spin off one of Ebichu. It's gonna be really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm st- I'm still waiting for that. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I want I want
1: a Tatsunoko cast after that one too.
0: <laughs> um. So on that note, uh, let's kind of go into the uh, first episode. Uh, just talk about uh, you know, Yuu Show in general, the series slash uh, the multimedia franchise TM. Uh, Is <laughs> so really a multimedia franchise though. It. I'd say it was, like, at the time, it was, like, a transmedia property, being both, like, you know, a manga, and anime, a bunch of fucking video games, audio dramas, uh, random co-promotions with candies, like, just, like, lots of figurines, there was, like, everything back in the day, but that about seems right.
2: Oh, I just didn't know that's what TM stood for. I'm not going to lie. Oh, no,
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> TM <laughs> is trademark. Oh. uh transmedia is like a concept that was kind of born with the Matrix where they're just like, we'll make this a fucking video game, a <laughs> movie, <laughs> anime. <laughs> um, but it was pretty much just a way of talking about a lot of things that other things were already doing. Just the Matrix kind of coined it. I don't think the Wachowski brothers, or well, the, now the Wachowskis um, coined it themselves, but it was kind of talked about a lot during that time. I tell you, they weren't they the
1: they were the they can say, we can say they're the Wachowski, Wachowski sisters now? Though. Oh yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, yeah. So they went from being the Wachowski brothers to the Wachowskis uh, because there was sort of a gap between uh, their transitions, and now they're the Wachowski sisters. That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, but
1: anyways, uh, yeah, let's, the... uh, let's get back on topic. We yep. talk uh, talk uh, Matrix next week.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, on Matrix Cast. Uh, but anyways, so UOAC show is a multimedia franchise originating in a 1990 manga by Yoshihiro Togashi. In Weekly Shonen Jump, the same thing that brought us such things as One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, like, name a bunch of series that you've probably seen on Toonami or whatever, and it probably is from there, Bobo Bo included. Um, <laughs> we'll get into this a bit uh, for background later, but in addition to Yuaka Show, the uh, Togashi also made uh, Level E, which is sort of a more... Uh, I don't think it's as popular, but also he is the often on hiatus author of Hunter Hunter, Uh which if you ever saw it written is Hunter X Hunter or Hunter Cross Hunter. But I looked it up. The official pronunciation is Hunter Hunter. Oh. Yeah, it's man, uh Togashi does this a lot where he just inserts characters into the names of things. It's like, don't pronounce that. Um, you know, he's he's like French that way. Uh and he's also the husband of Sailor Moon's uh Naoko Takauchi. Uh Anyways, the anime was made by uh, Studio Pirot, uh, which is P I E R R O T. It's I think that's a French word, hence the weird pronunciation. Speaking of you know random characters that aren't pronounced, but uh, they're the people who made uh, Urusei uh, Uruse Yatsura. Sorry, my ble- uh, my pronunciation is not great. Uh, they also made Bleach, Naruto, and Tokyo Ghoul, and it was directed by uh, Noriyuki Abe of uh Hakusho Bleach. Flame of Rekka, and Boruto. Um, yeah, you guys got any? Uh, did you guys do any research about any of the any of those guys? Yeah,
1: I mean, I was so surprised that the that it was made by the same guys as the Usuri Yatsura. That I was like one of their way old things. Yeah, I always love I love the art style of that one Yuri uh, Ram. That sort of art style. So they they have really good history, especially with Naruto. Mm-mm. So I really I really enjoy a lot of the works that that they that they've worked on and I actually never realized that uh, they were that she was mar- that uh the creator of this was married to the uh, creator Sailor Moon mm-hmm.
0: it's one like, of those things understand. where they both entered the english speaking media world at different times so the mm-hmm. connection was harder to make while in japan this all happened in a period where like everyone knew both of them as already famous yeah um we'll get into the details of that later but the two of them were already very famous at the time that uh yeah. they got married
1: that makes about sense I mean was they the right there both of them are like Peak popularity at that point, right? Pretty mm-hmm. much. They
0: got married in, like, the late 90s, so, like, Hunter Hunter was huge after Yu Show was huge. Sailor Moon had been huge, like, forever and is, like, one of the biggest things that ever come out of Japan, so the two mm-hmm. of them were already, like, super famous. Um, but yeah... So uh, I guess we'll just get on to uh, sort of talking about the episodes. Uh, for background, we're planning on watching about five episodes every week. Um, that That's kind of up in the air, but five looks like to be about the golden number. For the record, there's about 112... 112. Er, 112, 112 episodes in the series. Um, of varying levels of quality, but that's a subject for another day. We'll rush <laughs> those as it goes along. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, we we'll, might we'll ch- we'll, we'll,
1: we'll change the number depending on the arc. So I think we want to do five for this one because that's the... Resurrection Arc and it's pretty short. I want to sort of
0: blast out so we can get get to the good stuff. I'm sorry, I'm just kind of cracking up silently because when you said the Resurrection Arc I'm just thinking like, "Ah yes, Fukatsu no Fukatsu no you, Dragon Ball Z." Anyways, <laughs> uh,
4: <laughs>
0: who, uh, yeah, so Should the first episode
1: She'll be in a weave again. Sorry, sorry.
0: I think <laughs> a
2: room full of weaves. You're this is a weediest. safe
0: space, right? This is, whoa, whoa, oh, no. yo, take that back. No, uh, words. I think I meant to explain this in my section, but like, I'm—I have a really deep catalog with very old anime, but like, I don't watch a ton of stuff nowadays. Not in a like, old stuff was better. More in a like, it just doesn't match my current taste because I guess I'm stuck in the past way. So uh, yeah. That will probably be reflected as we talk and bring in all, like, external references. People will mention stuff that, like, was in a more current anime and I'll be like, I've not seen it. So yeah, uh, so going back to the past, what's up? Yeah, so let's, uh, let's get into it. Yep, so going to the, going back to 1990, or I guess the, uh, you know, anime started in 92. So going back to 92, first episode, surprised to be dead. Spoilers, at the beginning of this episode, the main character is fucking dead. Um, I guess we just earned an explicit tag. Anyways, uh, I, I it. <laughs> yeah, oh God.
4: Uh,
0: I'll start with just like, you know, sort of an IMDB or Wikipedia summary of the plot, and then we'll kind of talk about uh, what happened and our thoughts on it, things that we noticed. Um, I think each of us, uh, you know, rewatched it at different times in the past month. Uh, some of us like too many weeks ago, so I took a lot of notes. Other people watched it more recently, but we'll see what happens. So in this first episode... A 14-year-old, narcissistic, street-fighting slacker, Yusuke Urameshi, dies an unlikely hero after he is hit by a car after saving a young child who was playing with a ball in the street. He soon learns that the child would have lived anyway, and that the spirit world was not expecting him to die. For this reason, he is then offered the chance to be revived by the mysterious Botan, Guardian of the River Styx. At first... Yusuke initially refuses the proposal, but ultimately accepts after seeing the people he thought did not care for him, including his childhood friend Keiko Yukimura, his mother Atsuko, and his rival, Kazuma Kuwabara, grieving him at his wake. You guys uh, that? That's about right, huh? Yes. Yeah, that's, that seems about right.
1: I, I kind of like the River, river sticks. uh... Domo Harigotsu, I
0: guess, for that one, right? Uh, Yeah, so in the Japanese version, it's, like, the River Sanzu, which I think is technically the Buddhist equivalent of the River Styx. (laughs) Um, And, like, they're actually more related than it would seem. It's not coincidental, but Buddhism was influenced by Proto-Indo-European mythology way back in the day. But, yeah... Uh, I was going to say, did you guys actually see this first episode first when you were kids? Or did you come in, in the middle of the fucking series like I did? Definitely no. in the middle. Definitely middle. So
2: when I watched this episode, I straight up bawled at work. Because I watched it while I was like just working away on my computer desk job. I started crying hard. During the wake? Yeah, during the wake. And I was like, oh, whatever. It's Yu Yu show. It's like a fun action. And then I just, I was bawling. Especially when uh, his principal character like stood up to the... Um, the other teachers, and when his mom started like crying at his wig, I lost it. I'm pretty sure I lost it, especially when his mom started crying.
0: But, yeah, like, it's a great scene.
2: There's a lot of tears for it. <laughs>
1: yeah, for first episode. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was
1: like, wait, hold on. Yeah, I I, I, mean, I was choking up when Korbar was like trying to get really angry. They couldn't fight him. I was like, dang, what's going on?
0: He's the he's the best Vegeta to uh, use case Goku. <laughs>
4: um,
0: yeah, so. When I first got into the show, I think I started with the Genkai tournament, um, yeah. and like because of that, I didn't see these episodes until probably like half a year later. So it was nice kind of getting the context. But it was kind of a there's a big tonal shift in the series. But well, there's a number number of tonal shifts. But um, this series begins like kind of as this detective. Well, no, it begins as this like how would you guys describe it? What do you mean? Uh the tone and like themes of the show in the first couple episodes. I don't know. I I was kinda getting a r I don't know maybe just a modern
1: esque feel. Like I mean the tone I, I sort of got was basically you know, just just a modern modern telling of some, some weird uh some weird uh, ghost esque story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Was like a um like what I thought it was gonna be when I first saw it was a vengeful spirit sort of thing where it's like uh-huh. he needs to get, get his <laughs> and, the crow. And, and, yeah, yeah, sort of like that, yeah. The, the way that I was kind of feeling, like, the first couple episodes, especially this one, was like, it was a it was supposed to be a short series. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you guys ever watched Walking Dead, or read, read or watched the comics, but it was actually supposed to be really short, so that's mm-hmm. why it moved incredibly fast in the comics. Interesting. So, and that's why that first part really went, it was only about eight episodes. So that's sort of the feeling I got, was maybe they, the author wasn't sure how this was going to go. So try tried, okay, short, worst case, just short little arc. And that's sort of the vibe I got from it. I don't know if you guys got the same, similar vibe.
3: Yeah, I also got kind of, like, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, it's a kind of like this quirky little show. But then, like, we'll yes, re-watching years later, it definitely sets the tone. Like, this is going to encompass, like, a lot of different genres, but the heart of it, it's a coming-of-age story. You see this punk-ass kid, basically he's having a rough (laughs) life and it's something where it's kind of sets him up as he's literally his resurrection is the start of his journey to become a better person. And this first episode like literally gets him from the from the bottom and on his way to the top. At least that's how I feel about like the first episode in general, because it introduces his life, everyone he's surrounded on, his relationships with them which we can expand on as we go through the entire episode.
0: Sure. Um, I I, I always thought it was interesting how this show kind of starts with, like, a deus ex machina. Like, the idea that, like, hey, this dude's living kind of a shitty life and, like, there's a lot of, like, familial and societal reasons for that. Uh, He has a a single mom, uh, Atsuko, and they don't go into the reason that his mom is by herself until much later in the manga. They never get into it in the anime. Um, And... It's sort of, he's the troubled kid, and, like, people have, like, a bad idea of his mom. And, like, while she's not a great mom, and she may have done some sketchy things, she's not a bad person, necessarily. But, you know, in, in Japan, where, I guess, like, people's perceptions of your family kind of matter a good deal, it sets him up as sort of a black sheep in his school. And then he's also just kind of an angry dude for a lot of reasons. Uh, I don't think he ever mentions, like, dad issues until, like... It, it, I don't think it really comes up while, like, stuff is quote-unquote normal.
3: No, I think it's just his dad's just not there. Yeah, his
0: dad's just not there. And his
3: mom is an alcoholic.
0: Yep. Um, so, like, yeah, just the car is the deus ex machina that sort of gives him, like, a second look on life. But, uh, yeah, so in this first episode, he starts out dead and then, like, kind of tries to remember what happens that day and how he got there. He uh, went to school... Uh, said that was kind of weird because he normally doesn't do that, normally plays uh, hooky and he leaves after you know, kind of like having a shitty time at school and so after he leaves he gets into a fight with, you know, seemingly some like random like, you know, kids but it turns out one of them is his longtime one way rival and when I say one way rival I mean the other guy is constantly trying to kick his ass but apparently has a record of about 0 and 156 uh, against him, and that guy is named uh, Kazuma Kuwabara, he becomes like one of the main characters but uh, after that little bit of intro here's where things kind of heat up he helps a kid who loses a ball in the street and then tells the kid, hey, don't play in the street the kid obviously does Yusuke says, ah, fuck it, you know, whatever you can die, and then like as the car as a car gets closer, Yusuke jumps in, sacrificing his life for this kid and that's kind of where the series really begins
1: and one of the things I thought was interesting with that part is that, and I guess going into the dub and sub differences, was uh, in the in the sub I remember she specifically says he wasn't meant to die, uh, but in the dub it said something like, "Oh, you weren't supposed to be die," and he would have he would have got out of the way anyway, so your death was useless. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of kind of a weird change, kind of a mean change, I guess to make.
2: I- I thought they said that in the sub, too. I
0: think I think they say it in the sub as well, but I think it's maybe a couple, like, lines afterwards. So, like, the, like, uh, the yeah. sym- was- symmetry is not there. I, I mean, I watched
1: the sub, and I didn't remember that at all, but maybe it might be the, the one I'm watching, or maybe I just Perhaps.
0: Forget. Oh, yeah, I guess we should probably talk about how each of us saw the series, because there's many, many ways to see the show. Um, real quick, like, how did you guys watch it?
1: I watched it on Verve. Uh, well, I guess technically Funimation. Uh, I just, uh, I watched it on the Crunchyroll side of it and the Funimation for the dub. So uh, maybe there might be some differences, some sub-changes that might be... It's possible, yeah. So maybe, I don't know.
2: I watched it on Crunchyroll. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I just watched it on Crunchyroll uh, in Japanese. Uh, if you're not familiar with Crunchyroll, they generally do almost every everything in uh, the original Japanese with the English subtitle. Um, so there's that.
3: And I watched it on Crunchyroll as well, because... I've always watched the English version, so I decided to give the Japanese version a try because I just wanted to see if there any like differences from what I remember.
0: Uh, I, watched, I got out the old DVDs because I had them since back in the day. I watched it in English but with the Japanese subs. Um, I've previously watched it in English and Japanese at d- different times and watched it in Spanish like once or twice. Um, yeah, so sometimes I get the dubs confused.
3: I've only watched it in English. I'm basic, so <laughs> <laughs> I have no excuse. I just really like the English dub casts. Maybe it's because it's familiar to me since I watched as a kid, and usually because I'm multitasking while I'm watching, so I prefer to listen to things I understand and not have to read at the same time. Future episodes, I plan to watch the, the sub with the Japanese dub. But for now, just the English.
1: No, I do the same thing with uh, Case Closed. Like, when I'm going around doing stuff around the house, I just want something for background and watch, or I'm cooking dinner. I'll put that the dub on, but if I just want to, like, sit down and seriously take in some wire-killing murder sprees, I watch the uh, the <laughs> sub. And it's it's pretty good, but I think uh, one of my biggest issues is just the differences, but uh, I'm like you with the, the dub where it's like, well, I watched it first, so it's, like, nostalgic in mm-hmm. a way. So that's, where, that's, that's sort of where I, I lay in that same camp.
0: There's various characterization differences across the localizations, some of which I think are, I guess, like you could say, analogous per culture, because I think Yusuke is the similar level, he has a similar level of attitude in comparison to the ambient American culture in the English dub that he does in the Japanese one, but that if you compare them word for word would feel very different.
3: Mm-hmm. And just to bring something up with the research i done for this podcast, it was very much surrounding. Delinquency in Japan and like delinquent culture. So, in Japan, for the most part, it's a very collective society where essentially the mainstream norms of like togetherness within the community, aligning to what the society values, is very important. So, here comes Yusuke Arameshi. He already comes from a family which society would deem as quote unquote bad. He kind of feels it himself, hence the, all this internalized rage that he has. What sets him apart from like, not just the whole delinquent culture, is that in the typical Japanese delinquent or Yankee, they are very much on the fringe of society. But it's a community, so you can take like Huobara and his gang. Like he's the head, he's the head punk. That's why he has the. Biggest pompadour, which in Japanese punk culture, is it signifies like where you are in the social hierarchy. So Kuwara, with his big orange pompadour, he sees himself as the head honcho. But here comes Yusuke Urameshi, brick and all society norms, mainstream and not, with his normal slicked-back hair and his green uniform, saying, like, I'm the head punk, but I have no friends. I have no community... Like behind my back, which I think ties into the more American um, influences that Joe brought up earlier, and which definitely reflected in the dub.
1: Yeah, I never really thought of it thought of it that way, and it sort of, I guess it makes a sort of a deeper gives a deeper meaning to to and his uh, sort of thing sort of his issues and his uh, problems. So I really really thought that was a great analysis.
3: I think that definitely sets the heart with than like at least like shonen heroes where a lot of the shonen heroes they kind of do start off on their own like goku literally lands from another planet onto earth um and but they are always kind of surrounded by some sort of support system whether it lasts is up to debate but use case starts out with kind of basically nothing except keiko (laughs) <laughs> and that's like secretive too. Like he yeah. doesn't appreciate
2: Keiko. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he thinks she's just this annoying like childhood friend, neighbor girl type thing. Like, yeah, I never actually thought about it. It's a very prevalent theme within most shonen. They start off alone and they gain friends throughout the way.
0: You know, I think the real the real treasure was the friends they made along the way. <laughs> yeah. actually, weird, weird. Um, but yeah, speaking of uh, friends. Um, you know, after <laughs> getting back to the plot, after uh, Yusuke dies, uh, this character Botan, who, you know, is the pilot of the River Stick, shows up, offers him the chance to come back to life through an ordeal. Uh, Yusuke initially denies uh, the request, but she basically leaves him off with, hey, see how you feel after you've attended your wake, which is a pretty, like, just, like, heavy sentence to just leave someone on. But he goes to his wake, we already discussed it a bit, but, um, you know, he, he goes there, sees a lot of people mourning um, he sees a lot of people who don't give a shit about him, which is what he expected. But he sees people mourning he was not expecting, and his mom is sad, which he expected. But I don't think he appreciated one the depth and two how he would react. He kind of hints at this in a later episode. Um, but he also sees Keiko, who you know, as previously talked about, he had only viewed as sort of like, I mean, he had feelings for her, but he doesn't know that, and like <laughs> vice versa. It's a very Ranma Kane thing from you know Ranma half, mm-hmm. and um. Like, seeing that kind of come to the surface, like, sort of shakes him. He sees his school principal, uh, Takanaka, show up and, like, say something to the effect of, like, you know, you could have made something of yourself had you just stayed alive. Um, I think it's much more harsh in the Japanese version. Like, uh, like yeah, you weren't shit, but you could have fucking done something if you had just stayed alive. Yeah. Um, and then he sees the... I think one of the ones that's most shocking to him is seeing Kuwabara, his one-sided rival, show up and, like, just... Fucking breakdown, crying while his buds are trying to like pull him off from like it's it's very it's very homoerotic. It's it's very like yeah, man, you were supposed to be here for me, and it's, it's interesting. I wish I, I wish I had a, I wish I had somebody that cared about me as much as that uh, as
1: a, a school cool bar cares about you I mean oh, It's,
4: it's yeah. pretty it's
0: pretty good, bro goals. Um,
2: national treasure. Yeah,
0: protects with our life. Yes, God. (laughs) Um, but, so the, the final kicker with that scene, though, is, uh, you know, I guess you could say the guest of honor show up. Uh, it's the kid who Yusuke saved and his mom. And the kid is like, why was everyone sad? You know, like, when am I going to be able to play with, uh, big brother, you know, Aniki again? And the mom's just like, I don't think you'll ever be able to play with him again. And kind of like hugs him and starts crying. And it's, uh, it's a really fucking touching scene. Like, even for my jaded ass. Um. But yeah, so after this, Yusuke like agrees to the trial and sort of sets into motion what's going to happen here.
1: Yeah, it's uh, and I thought it was a really good, a really decent intro, intro of an episode for that.
3: Mm-hmm. I think it established all the characters well and how they related to Yusuke. Like, um, I remember when Yusuke after he got basically yelled at by Um Iwamoto, the, one of the teachers that hates his guts comes back home and he's just like cleaning up the mess of alcohol bottles that his mom littered all across the kitchen sink and she they talk she's like you're home right home if you're gonna be home quit school costs a lot of money he's like yeah yeah whatever but so it's like kind of reveals about her being like kind of like a neglectful mother and then there's a scene before i don't know if you guys are familiar um, Yusuke's at the roof in the beginning, and, like, early half of the episode, Keiko's confronting him about school and everything, lecturing him, and he, like, lifts her skirt, and she slaps him. That's a common trope that you'll see throughout the whole series, <laughs> is this slap-slap-kiss-kiss kind of relationship. Yusuke is loves help? the booty. Yeah. <laughs> and so... After he grumbles off and leaves, um, Keiko's friend approaches her, and he's like, Oh my god, how do you handle that guy? He's so scary. And she's like, It's just Yusuke." And so it kind of reveals, more, and he doesn't see this. So it kind of shows like how characters view him without him knowing, and kind of builds up for the latter half of the episode when they're all crying and everything.
0: Yeah, this will be brought up in the next episode, but it's not even just, like, a, oh, like, just Keiko likes him. It's, like, Keiko's family likes him, too. So, like, there are people who see something in the kid, mm-hmm. if they've known him long enough. I don't, He just oh, has yeah. a shine to him, I guess. Oh, yeah. If you think about it.
3: Yeah, and even just leading up to, like, how the whole first episode sets him up at first. Like, they show him, like, here's a stereotypical... Um, you if you gay. he's a punk. He's mean. He doesn't he he wears green, and his uniform is blue. He smokes. <laughs> but then you see, like, oh, he kind of has like a tough life. He clean he his he cleans after his mom for better or for worse. And then he tries to cheer up this kid. He like does like a funny dance or makes faces <laughs> at him, even though he's very sarcastic towards the kid. He's at least trying to entertain him. And then ultimately's tries to save the kid's life
0: how uh how old is his mom i forget like is she in her like late 20s or early 30s
3: late 20s she was about the same age as east k when she got pregnant so like 14 15 um so uh, i don't know where it's officially said or implied i think it's in the manga there's in the manga. Um, you guys ever have a get a chance to read it they have usually a couple breaks where they introduce the character and their age their weight kind of thing similar to like a lot of other manga and when they have like their things and everything so yeah she's definitely a young mom-hmm very young also a kid herself <laughs> yeah
0: uh, yeah, so probably are probably age. like slightly older than me. And she's yeah.
1: fourteen and usually it's fourteen. That's about like twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Yeah, I think
0: yeah, I think she's I think she was like fifteen when she was pregnant or something. I, I forget. I do remember reading it at some point too, but yeah. Um anyways, so on to the next episode. Uh English title Koenma appears, Japanese title Koenma of the Spirit Realm, A Trial Towards Resurrection. Uh, this will be a general trend, but gen- like the Japanese titles are much more verbose and like frankly spoil some stuff sometimes.
1: <laughs> I think that's just that's just the culture thing. It, it is, is just Dragon, the culture. Dragon yeah, it's the same way. Well, so like, some... look out, Goku fights this guy and then dies and then <laughs> yeah, or like right go yeah. Yeah. Goku Dragon the balls. Super
0: Saiyan, like just like stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, well, are you sure? It's like I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be an exclamation point, but yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, so, quick summary. Uh, Yusuke meets Koenma, son of the ruler of the spirit world, and is given the task of raising a spirit egg that when hatched may return him to his body. Yusuke appears to Keiko in a dream to tell her that he will soon be revived. He later possesses the body of Kuwabara for one hour to find Keiko to inform Atsuko not to have his body cremated since he will attempt to come back to life. It's very uh, Dragon Ball original Dragon Ball rules for how you can come back to life, but... <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, the episode begins with them going to the spirit realm, uh, crossing the river Sanzu, or, or Styx, uh, and, you know, Yusuke is hoping to meet uh, the Buddhist uh, judge of the underworld, uh, King Yama, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Enma Daiyo, which just means Yama the Great King, um, and he instead meets his son, who is a little teeny toddler, but is... Thousands? Like, hundreds or thousands of years old. I, I forget mean, these
1: demons we talking about. Like, that, like them being 15,000 years old is probably like one, year,
0: one or two. So, like four. this will become more and more confusing. Well, it will become less confusing as the series go on, but it will become more confusing at first. The use of the word demon apparition and many other things is interchangeable for a while, and then slowly becomes to mean different things. So these guys are technically gods rather than demons, but they don't make that clear until later interesting Yeah, it's especially confusing in the English dub because they start with one system and then switch completely later.
1: I got you. Yeah, and I am kind of familiar with the class system for the demons. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that they go with, right?
0: Uh, yeah, the class thing only becomes a thing in like the third saga, but that's like way far from now.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, so he meets him. He's this little toddler type character, and Yusuke being a little shit uh, decides to you know make fun of him. Um, you know, highly disrespectful. Uh, Botan's freaked out, etc. Uh, but Koenma gives him this golden egg, uh, that's supposed to be, it's supposed to hatch into a beast that will either kill Yusuke and eat his soul and return him to nothing, uh, aka he will not be part of the circle of resurrection that is normal part of Buddhism, or it will bring him back to life depending on his deeds and his thoughts. Um, I think the Japanese and English dubs. Well, the English dub in the Japanese original sort of emphasize the deeds versus thought things slightly differently, but it it only becomes material later. Uh, So, one of the first things he finds out about, like, how to tell people, like, hey, don't fucking cremate my body, is uh, Botan mentions that he can possess people uh, in their sleep. You mean she?
4: No, uh, Yusuke can. Well,
0: technically uh, both of them actually can. Uh, That comes in later, but right now, Yusuke can possess people in their sleep.
1: I gotcha. Yeah, and I thought the... I thought it was kind of a kind of a weird uh weird thing that he expects him okay here's his egg but you're dead so you're going to have to find a way to do good deeds being a ghost so have fun with that. So that was a bit confusing. I guess maybe he just implied okay you can go back to life and and haunt people or do something so that's sort of what I got from the good deeds as a ghost.
0: <laughs> so I actually had a question about this. Mm-hmm. I I think um uh Hannah and Sarah, had you guys mentioned that this ghost part was longer in the manga?
3: It was a Mm -hmm. bit more. So in the manga, this can go on. The ghost arc went on for, like, I think a good four or five chapters. Mm -hmm. So part of um, the horror deal um, was that he had to do good deeds in order for the egg to, you know, like, stay good and, like, not hatch out to be a monster. So that was, like, something he, like, couldn't do. So, um, so he meets other apparitions, other ghosts along his journey. Um, for example, there was one with this little boy who was a brat and he had, like, issues with, like, his parents. Yeah. So he had baby, basically babysit this ghost brat kid and, like, help. Him not like haunt his parents anymore. Oh man, that's new- dark. Well, oh my God. I mean, actually, I think that was a little girl. Little girl, so, S-
0: still dark. Yeah,
3: yeah. okay. So <laughs> the there were several work. trials. The little girl ghost, who was, who couldn't pass on, she does show up in the anime as a completely different character, like same name but different purpose. Um, but
0: oh, Sayaka.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She's Weird. actually she is actually a, go- a little girl who's part of like yusuke's trials of doing good deeds so she starts out as someone who like very lonely child she makes friends with this little human boy and is trying to get him to pass on to the other side with her because she knows her time up in the world is about to end so yusuke has concern like no don't do it this isn't a great idea you could just hang out with me and Botan, but do not make this kid like m- move to the yes. uh, spirit World with you because that's not how it's supposed to work. And then there's another one where basically um, Yusuke comes across a tanuki, a raccoon dog. They're like um, with big balls. Yes, with big balls, which were not drawn, but <laughs> but what <a> basically, <laughs> um, this tanuki is mistaken as a grandchild of this really old man. He's about to pass away and basically, he, like, watches over the Tanuki and helps him out because, like, the old man goes through, like, falls or something like that. Yeah, yeah he's just really old and his time is about to come up. Mm-hmm. So what the Tanuki does is he helps him out in the disguise of, like, his grandson, who had also passed away, I believe definitely, he doesn't definitely not show himself as a Tuniki. So, the old man is just thinking, like, this kid is helping him out and helping him through, like, his last days of life, basically. Yeah, so, like, basically, this case, like, had several different arcs just, you know, trying to better himself or trying to prove that he could become better in order to, you know, come back to life again. Yeah, like, he kind of learns more about people and their relationships by helping others and, kind of reflects back on how he'll he'll treat others once he's actually come back to life.
1: Okay, so then it sort of flushed out that that they were supposed to be ghost trials and not like... Yes. Okay, that's where I was really confused. So I really wish they would have shown this one or two of those.
3: They're kind of small, though, so I think it would have bogged down the speed of the series. Because it's supposed... I mean, when they probably signed on to do it, like, the studio was like, need to kind of accelerate this because it's technically the slowest part.
0: Would the Dark Tournament have been going on in the manga at the time that they started making the anime? Yeah,
3: I think so. So they
0: probably wanted to get to the fighting as fast as possible. Because
3: the a- manga started in 1990, and by 92, probably deep into the deep Dark Tournament.
0: Yeah, and the series had become really big for being a martial arts manga. hmm
3: Okay. So, with another part about um, episode two, so... Um, you kind of go into the spirit sensitivity, or spirit, and which we later called like spirit energy, so Kobara basically has a really strong sixth sense. He can sense like spirits around him in a way, though he can't really see them at this point, so Yusuke brushes against him. He gets like the willies, as he calls it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he uh, so... I was going to say, it surprised Yusuke to find out that Kuwabara has, like, spirit sense. Just, he's like, that idiot?
4: Yeah. <laughs> like, he's
0: just like, that guy is, like, the one that I have to talk to? And just, like, stuff like that. Um, small note, uh, so at the beginning of the series, they start by calling things spirit energy, but as they go on, they differentiate, like, spirit energy being, like, a human thing, demon energy being, like, a demon thing, and then, like, there, there's a couple other things they throw in, such as, like, life energy, and, like... The system somewhat makes sense together, but, like, the English dub definitely combines them all as one thing until later.
3: Which wouldn't be technically inaccurate based off what Shintoism believes, which is basically all he- living beings have energy within themselves, like, uh, kami, um, the lack of a better word, so there's, like, all he- living beings have, Let me look. Like an energy within themselves. So when people die and move on to ghosts, that energy is released. If they get proper burial, which kind of ties into why Yusuke's body is being cremated, is that they'll pass on to the next life or even become a kami themselves, which isn't necessarily a god. It's just some sort of energy or being within, like, the living world that can eventually have a greater influence, whether it be good. As, like, an ancestral deity or bad as, like, a vengeful Aww. ghost. Kind of ties into what Yusuke's egg could become based off what he's doing as, like, his ghost shenanigans.
1: Yeah, and speaking of those shenanigans, I think one of my favorite parts in this episode was the uh, him taking over Kurobara and fighting the entire town. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, ass, and it's like, it's like, are you, it's like, like, later, like, are you kidding me? It's like, we're gonna finally pay you back. And then he's like, he just beats up all these guys at the
0: construction site and gets his ass kicked. Yeah, K- Kuubara is like a tough dude in and of himself, but when possessed by Yusuke, he's just like ripping the shit out of whole crowds of people. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: pretty insane, and uh, I kind of felt bad for Kuubara this entire time, especially towards the end of
0: it with... Uh
4: him getting slapped by keiko (laughs) It's like
0: oh sorry so yeah uh speaking of that uh you know yusuke possesses kubara tries to find keiko to tell her basically like hey uh you know here's this thing do this thing like for the ordeal and uh before like he even clarifies like who he is she says this line that i thought was like really cute uh it's uh, you know, I, I knew there's ways you move and speak that in a hundred years I wouldn't forget. And it's, it's kind of really touching. And then Kubara gets unpossessed, like right as they're embracing. And then it gets really weird. And he's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Hey, this is a cute girl.
4: Oh,
2: she's soft. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, at least the Oh, yeah. wow, this one's soft. I'll yeah. keep hugging
3: it. And <laughs> then
0: she just slaps him really hard. And in the English stuff, he says something like, "Yeah, I I probably deserve that. Don't know what's going on." <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Good guy Kumar.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but that whole episode was hilarious, especially with the parents kicking him out of the restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. we, did, really we didn't we didn't mention him. that, but
0: uh, yeah, do you want to explain that real quick?
1: Yeah, so basically, he's going around town with the boy. Okay, I gotta I gotta find Keiko. So she, he goes to you know the parents get have a like, was is, is it the parents or grandparents have the restaurant? It's a parents, yeah. And it's like he's like I'm I'm Yusuke. and need to find like, Oh, you're not Yusuke. It's like it's like yes. Yeah. It's like oh, he's
0: dead. Don't disrespect him. And like throw his ass out. <laughs> Did didn't they say something like you're too ugly to be
1: Yusuke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that part. That oh, might have
0: been in the Japanese. It, it was either in the Japanese or English. I forgot. But then they're like you're not Yusuke. You're like he didn't look nearly that bad or something <laughs> like that.
1: Yeah, something something like that. And then just kicked him out. It's like wait. I guess he's already out town. But I really liked it, and I kind of kind of liked how Yusuke. I mean, even. Though he didn't really mean to. Helped out Kuwabara.
0: He oh, yeah. Back Gave him some guys. ref. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What uh, Something uh, funny trivia note. The dude who does Keiko's dad's voice is the same, in English, is the same person who does Oolong in Dragon Ball Z. So yeah. if you hear him be like, hey, that's disrespectful or whatever, it just basically sounds like Oolong yelling <laughs> that at someone. Yeah. It's, it's great. Um, but yeah, so episode three, uh, Kuwabara, a promise between men slash Kuwabara in a corner. A man's oath. Uh,
2: <laughs> I wonder what's happening to
1: Kuobara. <laughs> yeah
0: I wonder what could be going on with Kuobara. so
1: many things
0: he does <laughs> uh, yeah secret everyone dies in the show and comes back it's crazy um, but Yusuke... Well, that's a very Dragon Ball thing. Anyways, uh, Yusuke discovers that Kuwabara has been forced by a cruel and corrupt teacher into a policy of strict non-violence for a week, having the risk of one of his own friends losing his after-school job and being unable to support his family. The teacher, witnessing Kuwabara's determination to keep his promise, going so far as to not offer resistance whenever he is harassed by punks, then puts an additional stipulation that Kuwabara must score 50% or higher on the upcoming physical science exam... Yusuke later helps him study by communicating to him in his dreams. Kuobara becomes furious after the teacher attempts to alter his passing grade, yet Yusuke is able to prevent his violence. The teacher is forced to change the paper back under the orders of Principal Takanaka, and Kuobara's friend keeps his job with Kuobara thanking Yusuke. Yeah, I have to say this really showed how much
1: Kuobara is a bro. That he that he In a good way, he, in a good way. Yeah, I mean it just it just shows that he, you know, he cares about more than himself. And I guess it's kind of a really interesting parallel between Yusuke where Yusuke is sort of by himself and doesn't really care about much besides himself for the most part. But Kuriboh has this gang and he has these people he has to protect and he takes that leadership role and it's a really interesting dynamic.
0: He's uh, he's in many ways like a modern day like he's supposed to be both like sort of gangster but also like a modern day samurai. Yeah, mm-hmm. like in the good and bad ways. He's he's sort of like bizarrely conservative about certain things but he's also very classical in like his feelings about like honor and like defending people including his friends exactly
3: and i I think that really ties into just like the whole culture of delinquency within japan like the yankees they were essentially isolated by the mainstream because like hey who are these punk ass kids typically from working class sometimes suburban just dressing weird not going to school kind of everyone does destined to see them as like the dregs of society and because they're isolated they have a community for themselves and they do come with a very strict moral code of making sure to take care of their own which kurabara does so much he's like i guess as close as you can get to like a modern day samurai with his strict moral code
0: Yeah, like, I'd say, like, uh, more on the wandering side rather than on the, like, working for a feudal lord side.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess in that way, but, like, in the sense of, like, I'm gonna protect you.
0: Oh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, like, taking out from your point, I meant more like, yeah, let's just mold it in such a way that people kind of see the parallel better. yeah um but yeah so you know we kind of uh, discussed the main theme of this episode but it starts with uh, a dude threatening Keiko with a uh, 5000 yen toll in the Japanese version and a $500 toll in the American version oh my God. <laughs> which so for anyone who doesn't know the conversion rate it's generally approximately 100 yen to a dollar so the american dubs price is about 10 times as higher uh, 10 times as high cuz the 5000 yen would be about $50 which is something that you could actually get from a middle school student uh, as opposed to $500 fucking dollars? Like, what was this person trying to do? Maybe
1: the, maybe the inflation rate was different between Japan and, so, US. So, and the U.S. That's
3: a whole big spiel that I could go into. It's very... very I alive. thought
0: about that, but then I remembered this dub was done in early 2000s. It wasn't different. <laughs> was it, I'm pretty
3: sure...
1: Was it early 2000s? I thought it was like in the 90s, 98, 99. No,
0: the, the dub was early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, like, yeah, the original race was like early 90s. So, Interesting. Uh the rates were similar enough at the time that this would would still be a massive overstatement of the amount
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah I think if, I think it was that bad of an exchange rate I think uh, Japan would have uh, some big issues. Yeah, I think someone was just bad at
0: math. I'm going to put
1: that out there. Yeah, that's probably the most likely case. Yeah.
2: Theoretically, they probably, sorry, they probably just thought, like, hey, what's a big number? Like, what's a good dollar amount? Mm -hmm. 500. I think they literally
0: just forgot a zero. That's, like, it. Um, Maybe
1: they might have been syncing up with the mouth flaps, because I heard... I know oh, that's possible. That yeah, because with, if the mouth flaps don't set, uh, don't sync up to what the dialogue is, they have to rework it to yeah. have the same meaning. There's actually a uh, really interesting video that uh, uh, one of the uh, Kaiser Neko from uh, Dragon Ball uh, or sort of Team Four Star that does the Dragon Ball Z bridge did a video on that whole uh, the, the the lip flaps and a whole video on the uh, why they don't redo the out the lip flaps and instead of uh, just sort of Matching it. Mm-hmm. It's a really intriguing video, and I recommend you guys watching that if you guys are kind of interested in sort of the production and dubbing process. Ah, I'd like to see that
0: for sure. Um, but so, after this threat, uh, Kuwabara basically shows up and beats the shit out of the guy not possessed by Yusuke, which impresses the shit out of Yusuke because he's like, oh wow, Kuwabara is actually a pretty good fighter against normal dudes. Because <laughs> Yusuke kind of already knows, like, I'm not a normal dude. <laughs> Just like, you know, at 14, being able to beat up crowds of grown ass men. Uh, that's, that's not exactly a normal thing. Um, but yeah, so, uh, as we talked about, uh, Yusuke kind of helps Kubara study for the test in his dreams. Funny story, Kuobara, uh, when him and his friends are talking about like, oh yeah, you know what? I got like a 60 on my last exam, so I'm already good. Someone else is like, well, I got a 30, so maybe if I study a bit more, maybe I'll be good. <laughs> Someone else is like, uh, oh, you know, 20, but if I really put in that extra work, I'll be fine. And was like, I got a 7% on the last <laughs> oh test, God. so I need to like... I don't know, figure some shit out. Um, so it was a long, hard study
1: session. Um, I was kind of hoping that he would actually maybe push it to like 80 or something and be surprised. He put a lot of work into it. I mean, more, more studying than I might have done in my life.
0: Yeah. You should uh, keep watching the show. That's all I'm going to say. I <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but, but yeah... <laughs> Um, so, you know, as Kobar is going to the exam, uh, some guys, like, are about to challenge him to a fight, making him either late, or he would have to fight the guys, which would then be reported to the teacher, and he'd get uh, kicked out anyways, but... Uh, what happens instead is Yusuke, uh, possesses some girl who gets knocked out by one of the people pushing her into a pole, and this, like, I don't know, probably, like, 13-year-old girl just, like, shows up, beats the shit out of these dudes, like, just, like, repeatedly kicks one of them in the nuts, like, stomping on the dudes nuts. It's, like, amazing, and, like, her friend is like, ah! <laughs> It's, uh, it's great. She then comes out of possession and is just like, what did I do? <laughs> it's, uh, it's an amazing scene. Uh, but... Basically, uh, the tests are graded, and, like, they all passed, but one of the teachers being, well, two of the teachers being, like, the biggest dickbags on the planet, uh, Akashi and Iwamoto, uh, one of them's like, let me show you an alternate way to grade in the English version, and then he just fucking erases or changes one of the answers. It's like, yeah, cool. And they do this in the view of the principal who's also good guy teacher. So there's like, there's, like, a couple inconsistencies, because that guy is very clearly annoyed that they changed the grade but doesn't stop them right there (laughs) even though he's like mr good guy teacher and he confronts him about it later but it's like why didn't you just like i don't know fucking say something in the moment that you saw it you were there it's not dramatic enough yeah Yeah. no there's a lot of shit in yuraku show where it's just like you could have done this like maybe 10 minutes ago (laughs) and it would have been fine
1: yeah i think my favorite thing about that teacher is that he has that ratty face like the the buck teeth oh yeah yeah. and the yeah, I He's think an that's... an
0: actual rat.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. I love that characterization of that. Oh,
0: it's it's so... When I saw that, I was like, is this a 70s manga? Because this looks like 70s manga right
4: now.
3: How is his voice in the Japanese? Because I remember in the English, they definitely made his voice like, are you going to change his grade? It's pretty similar. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's not
3: as dramatically like that, I don't think, but it's, it's it does seem It does
1: sound ratty. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. God. So what so, uh, happens after they change... This test score, um, Akashi, the rat-looking teacher, gives back the test to Kuobara. He's like, <laughs> sorry, maybe you tried a little harder, and he walks away. Kuwabara is like, what? No, I should have at least got in a 50-52.
0: He had recorded his uh, answers and then like compared it to a, a key later.
3: Mm-hmm. And so he looks down and he sees the erased... Um, that little erased answer, and he gets into this rage. He's like, he's like, what? And he like, runs to the teacher, grabs him by the shirt, and he's about to punch him when Yusuke's like, oh no, and Yusuke flies in, and- Kuwabara
0: doesn't see any of this.
3: No. So, what's cool is like, Yusuke grabs Kuwabara's wrist, the one about, about to punch the teacher, and Kuwabara stops, mid, like, two inches from the teacher's face so it kind of then that was really cool and it's kind of cool animation so um one thing about Yohaka show is the animation is from the beginning is a little rough kind of standard 1990s animation i'll kind of go deep into that later in the podcast but kind of cool seeing like how yusuke looks a little bit different when he's standing next to actual people versus when he's kind of alone floating as a ghost like he gets a little paler and everything rather than being like a transparent ghost which a lot of more modern animations would do so i thought it was kind of neat yeah use case stops Kuobara just in time and tells him hey it's not worth it you don't punch him you're don't you care about okubo you know like, if you punch him, you're going to get expelled, and everything that you... All the effort you put in, all the time I spent in your dreams will go to waste. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. Cool Bar luckily stops in time and, like, just stops off. And then Akashi's like, he should have punched me, then he could have left for sure. And then <laughs> that's when <laughs> Takanaka, the principal, the good guy teacher confronts him literally grabs him by the shirt and he's like i saw what you did you better change that test score so
0: yeah no it's 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 pretty great but again i'm just like still like you could have literally confronted him when you saw it happen but like overall like takanaka good good guy good guy (laughs) um but yeah so uh we'll just uh take a break for a short moment and uh catch us on the other side of it Hello, it's me, Mister Sexy Voice. This is it Yo. me you're looking for? Okay. Uh, anyways, hello and welcome back to the U the UU Hawk Show. I, I will learn how to pronounce things. It's pretty good. Uh, anyways, on to episode four: Requirements for Lovers slash Hot Flames, Ties of the Beloved. Those are really <laughs> interesting names. They both sound like a single single chapter, like manga of some sort. Oh, one one shot. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, the little quick summary, uh, Keiko goes to Yusuke's house to watch over him. Multiple house fires were reported around the area. It is soon realized that Yusuke's house becomes kindled after Keiko leaves. She returns to try to retrieve him from the flames. Yusuke has to decide between saving the girl he loves most and having any chance of returning to life. Yusuke chooses to throw his spirit egg into the fire to save Keiko, and in doing so, earns the right to return to life. I just realized
1: something. So. Amazon Kindle, Amazon Fire. I didn't
4: mm-hmm.
1: put this two into Oh, good.
4: fuck! <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh. So,
0: my immediate reaction was to give you guys some shit. Then I remember, have you guys played Final Fantasy? Yeah.
2: Which one? Any of them. <laughs>
0: there's like, there's like 15 like, I of them. Finished one. Do you know what the revive item in the game is? Yeah, phoenix, mm. uh, phoenix Down. Phoenix Down. So, I always thought it was like, oh yeah, you're down, and then you rise like a phoenix. And then like someone's like, yeah, like feathers. And I'm like... Oh my God! Phoenix down, <laughs> what?
4: Oh, okay.
0: like phoenix feathers down oh. his
4: feathers. Oh. Yeah, oh.
0: yeah. That, like oh. someone on the giant bombcast pointed that out, and I was like, "What the fuck?" My whole life is a lie. But yeah, <laughs> otherwise, I'd give you guys more shit. But anyways, um, yeah, no, interesting episode. Uh, so this starts with Koenma sending a creepy little girl named Sayaka who is a messenger in the anime, but apparently in the manga uh, was not at all the same character. So I'm kind of wondering why they did this. Do you guys have any thoughts, or...?
3: I think in the manga, they do bring her back, but, or they she continues her journey with Yusuke in the manga after um, him convincing her not to, like, get the kid to go into the spirit world. So the girl just develops a crush on Yusuke. So she kind of trills... Behind judging Keiko and all this stuff, similar questions, that's actually in the anime. So in the anime, I think they just repurposed her to be a actual, like, um... Inspector. Inspector. Inspector, yeah. Inspector I guess. Yeah. yeah. So in the manga, Sayaka, who's the little ghost, she just has, like, a crush on Isuke. She's just, like, following him around. And in the anime, they were like, okay, we need to give her a little purpose. She's a fun character so interesting i have
1: to say though the the author really i really love the way she draws the female characters it's so cute oh yeah i don't know there's something about it compared to the other other enemies i've watched just really like the designs of it and layout
0: it changes through the series you'll you'll see what i mean but things kind of go from this like sort of twee style to something more Mm -hmm. realistic and then like surrealistic later. Yeah. So am I going to be more disappointed in them? It depends, because no, no. I really like the, like, third season, like, art style the most. Like, it's absolutely gorgeous, but in a way that you would not guess from this part. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Um, but yeah, so, uh, anyways, so she's brought back, uh, so she's brought there, and she says something to the effect of, like, there's no point in you coming back if no one wants you there. And so she's there to assess, uh, you know, the connection to Keiko, um, and after observing her for a day, including reading of passage of like "Heart of Darkness," uh, she says, "Ah, she's popular, good at sports, and smart. What's she doing with you?" Uh, and so, you know, oh, Where does that sound familiar? <laughs> it's a lot of things, a lot of people. You know, personal experiences. Maybe is that what you're saying, or what's yeah, up? a little bit. Woo. A little bit. Anyways, <laughs> We're
2: getting deep here like
0: the yep. Yeah, show. yeah, <laughs> deep dive. Patrick's life. Yeah,
1: gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm doing some dating sims. We'll talk about that later. Anyway. <laughs> hey. uh,
0: but so, you know, uh, this guy approaches her and she just loves to the effect of like, oh, I really loved how you read that passage in that book. And she's like, uh, I have someone already. And he makes the weirdest, like he goes from being this very cute guy to making the weirdest fucking face and making the weirdest fucking scream that's just <laughs> like out of fucking nowhere. Um, but yeah, so she turns him down, and, uh, in the American version, uh, Sayaka says something to the effect of, like, yeah, Yusuke and Keiko might need counseling, but I think there's a strong feeling here. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, Well, in Japanese, well, in Japanese, all she says is, like, yeah, I'll just need to investigate more. It's, it's a lot, uh, nicer, I guess you could say. But, uh, you know, Keiko visits Yusuke's body and doesn't know how to feel, uh, when she traces Yusuke's cheek with her finger, you know, it's very, again, Ranma, she doesn't, you know, like, when you're in middle school, a lot of times when you like someone, you don't know how to fucking act about it because you're a kid. And uh this is, like, the realest shit. So she goes in for a kiss, but case starts, like, yelling. His ghost is like, ah! And she obviously can't sense that. Well, she can't consciously sense it but there's a chance it got her to pull out of the kiss and also she remembers that she needs to do something else
2: also he's technically kind of like a dead body yeah Yeah. this is
0: kind of weird like Keiko's very good girl except for this well no actually the way they
1: described in the anime it it says, oh yeah, he's still alive. This is a slow heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the, so,
2: still unconscious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, though. You're right. I
1: mean, I mean I've mean, i seen weirder unconscious moments in anime. This is definitely the... <laughs> <laughs>
0: the reason
3: why she you're even so fucked up, traces his face is because a bunch of trash falls on him and his face gets dirty, so she's cleaning his face off. And that's why... Oh, shit. He's hot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. I think... In the English, and in the Japanese, she says, like, oh, like, his lips, there's, like, warm breath or warm lips, I don't know, something like yeah. that. In. So, just... she, basically, she's, like, she's, you know, gone in a daze.
4: All
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> so So, uh, I mean, long story short, the house eventually gets set on fire, and uh, after some struggle and stuff, Keiko, like, runs in and uh you know has to like is trying to save yusuke when like no one else is willing to jump into the house because they don't know that there's like an un well not an unconscious dude a fucking dead dude <laughs> who's on, sort of alive i need to get this body he's like i need to see my friend your friend's alive
1: there oh no he's it's a body <laughs>
0: yeah okay um, i'm just yeah. imagining her bringing him out and someone being like oh we need to do fucking mouth to mouth she's like no he's like actually dead
4: <laughs> i like, yeah
0: yeah and they're like, what the fuck is wrong? And she's like, don't just don't worry. Just... I
4: had a vision. Yeah, I had a vision. I'm
0: not weird, I swear. I get kissed some, him. Yeah, <laughs> we some weekend burnies going on. Oh my there. god. That's like, so the next fun. door neighbor's like, I fucking saw her make out with that dude. What was that about? Um, but yeah, so basically, Yusuke uh, is told by Koenma, like, I guess you can stop the fire by throwing your golden egg at the fire. Don't worry about how this works. Physics doesn't matter anymore. I'm an out of context. Yeah. So this is the first use of a song that I love, but that is used literally like 30 times in the course of this <laughs> show. Like it's a great song, but like you will come to know it if you haven't already watched the show. It's called "Struggle of Sadness." It's the one that kind of sounds like a music box, like dun dun Should dun dun, dun. Yeah, yeah I'll you probably edit it something? in. Or oh no, actually, how would you play it? Because I don't want to do extra editing. Well, I mean, and also I, I don't
2: know what this. I can't think of the song. Oh,
0: you'll head. recognize it.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> is it? Is it the? This is the one that goes like, Zangoku, no, know. no, okay.
2: no. <laughs> I see what you like to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> YouTube feed as you bring it
4: up.
0: Yeah, that first one was spoilers.
4: Oh. Yeah.
1: That's Sounds just, like uh... Tears for Fears. Uh, the intro <laughs> to, uh, what's that Oh, kind of, yeah. Um, uh, you know what one, uh, what's the name of that song? Head Over Heels.
0: Yeah, yes.
4: Yeah.
1: It's a
0: it's a great song. It is used in some really good moments where it's like, oh man, this guy might fucking actually die. But then they just use it like literally thirty times. And you're like, I know this guy is not gonna fucking die because you play this every fucking time. They <laughs> tell you talking about.
1: Uh, head over heels or the song on
0: there. The song on there, but like you know, <laughs> every time using... Head on
2: Heels comes on, in the yeah,
0: background. everyone dies. <laughs> I, I almost died <laughs> like at a shopping horse. mall once. It was weird. Dude, that song's that song. legit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Yusuke throws it in, and uh, you know, after uh, everyone gets out of this, Kubara cool is there and is holding. Oh, that's supposed to not say Yusuke's hand. That's supposed to say Keiko's hand. But yeah, uh, you know, cool bar is holding. I mean, it's Freudian Some, slip. I mean,
1: I mean, it, I mean, it's essentially it's what happens.
0: Yeah, but. Kuwabara is holding Keiko's hand, and Yusuke's really annoyed about it, until Botan points out, quote-unquote, quote, Yusuke's chances of ever coming back are gone anyways. Uh, so, Atsuko, Kuobara, and Keiko are hopeful uh, for what is, you know, the time being, an empty shell. Like, basically, like, everyone who's a ghost right now is like, he's never fucking coming back, but, like, you see in the foreground, everyone who's alive being really happy that they, quote-unquote, saved Yusuke, so it's this really <laughs> sad moment, actually. Yeah. Um...
1: I guess you could say that he is the, the man who saved Yusuke in part four. Oh, goddammit. That's, <laughs> that's a JoJo's
0: Bizarre Adventure reference. Um, but yeah, no, so, uh, long story short, uh, it, like, uh, Koenma brings him back to life saying, uh, yeah, because you were willing to do this, we can, you know, bring you back. So, here's a weird part where the Japanese and English versions had two very different interpretations of these events. In the English version, they said something to the effect of like, yeah, if you hadn't thrown the egg in to save Keiko, you would have been eaten because of, like, the shitty way that you were feeling and dealing with people up to this point. But in the Japanese version, it actually has a very different explanation, which is, yes, if you hadn't thrown that in there, you would have been eaten, not because of anything you had done to this point, but because you would have, like, not gone out of your way to save Keiko, which means that you would have valued your ability to come back more than, like, the person that you want to come back for. And so they have two very different interpretations of what happened. They're functionally the same, but they imply (laughs) very different things about how Yusuke was feeling and acting to that point. Yeah. Like, I had to read it a couple times, because I'm like, that seems really different than what I thought I heard.
3: Yeah, like, one's more... So it's like in the Japanese, it's implies like that, depending on that specific action, can yeah, ch- change the way that it could have happened. Exactly.
0: While in the English one, it's just like no, it just overrode all the other shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I mean, he wasn't bad in the.
1: I mean, he did good stuff in the interest. The the, the I mean, I mean, uh, I, well, not I mean, not good being a Polish people, but you know. Yeah. Good in, in terms of helping other people out, so it's kind of so kind of weird, you know.
0: In the in the English version, they the, this is another thing that points a major difference. In the Japanese version, it's much more about the deeds, mm-hmm. while in the English version, it's much more about how he felt. Mm-hmm. It's a really
1: interesting, mm-hmm. interesting dynamic. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a cultural thing as well. I
0: think there is a cultural aspect to that um, because but, a lot of
1: the Japanese want like that honor. I mean, have that honor thing in the U.S. In the U.S., it's like it sometimes you know. Especially with the societies so even if it's a bad thing it's still a bad thing you know I think even I if think you um, for the right reasons
0: this is probably a stretch but like you know a lot of the West is like very uh Protestant uh, based in Protestant Christianity at least yeah. a long time ago mm-hmm. and a big part of that is that your faith and your like thoughts matter more than like your actions do oftentimes mm-hmm. and like so that's sometimes seen as a difference between East and west but like that's you know cultural like theory, so who knows how applicable or testable any of that is. But it is an interesting way to look at that possible difference in the idea behind this, like retribution.
1: And it's really interesting. That's why we have this cast for these theories. Yeah. As long as you go into like, game theory. I was going to say it's a game
0: theory. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's,
1: I, it's like was Josuke really an Undertale?
3: Oh, <laughs> oh God damn it! Know. Well, I think it's really interesting, just like this whole scene together, because like when you look into like Japanese Shintoism. Because um, I was doing research, and basically they have this idea that every person is born pure. And kind of like similar to the idea of like Christianity's... It's opposite, actually. Christianity's original yeah. sin. Yeah. So in Shintoism, everyone kind of starts off with a clean slate, and they become, quote-unquote, polluted, not necessarily because of things that they've done, but of because, because of circumstances outside of their control. So with whether it be moral or physical, which in Yuki's case, he literally died. And death is very much tied into like the pollution of the soul. And it's interesting how it literally takes an act of fire, which is both destructive yet purifying, to make him pure again enough to become back to life. Yeah. that's actually
0: yeah i damn. hadn't thought about that that's actually pretty that's cool deep stuff yeah, right
4: damn. yeah
0: whether whether or not it was like you know intentional it is like a really good like hero's journey type moment like ah you went through i forget what the step in the hero's journey where it's like oh yeah you go through the underworld and like come out like sort of cleansed by like what happened so th- that's a good call um so in the next episode uh in english uh use case back versus the japanese version use case resurrection a new trial huh yep um so Yusuke is told by Kuenma that in order to complete his resurrection, he must get someone who cares about him to kiss his body within one day, this being the conduit of his soul back to, uh, back to his body. Uh, as he was unable to convince Kuobara and Asako, he manages to get Keiko to do it just in time. Yusuke witnesses Kuobara falling victim to a gang leader who has kept his pet cat hostage. Oh my God. He catches sight of a demon after defeating the gang leader, as it turns out that Kuenma has other plans for Yusuke now that he is alive again.
1: You know, I actually really was ho- really hoping that Kuwabara was going to be the one to do it. But so they pull up to Keiko yeah. and it's like he, she can't make it so he's got to he to be the one to make that sacrifice so he just kisses him and said this whole funny thing. You know,
0: <laughs> you'll find out but maybe later in the series that would have been realistic. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say uh, it's it's interesting they have like a little cutaway scene of like him imagining like Kuwabara being the one yeah. like kissing him. <laughs> it's great. I I love I love the show. Um, But yeah, so that's a pretty good description of what happens. It's kind of interesting because originally we were thinking about only doing the first four episodes of the show and not this one, but this ties up all the loose ends regarding the resurrection arc uh, and then, like, sort of begins the next part. So it's actually a halfway episode. Each part is sort of in the two different arcs. Um, With the first part, you know, just finishing off like, hey, he comes back to life uh, because his body's, like, glowing. And they explain that uh apparently... Uh, your body and your soul have to be at a similar wavelength in terms of like their spirit energy, like rhythms in order to, uh, come back or be forced back into life. And they explain for some reason that Yusuke has an incredibly long wavelength slash like low frequency. And that if he misses this opportunity, it's going to be 52 years of him being in a fucking coma before he comes back. And, um, we haven't really talked about this much, but they go out of their way to explain Yusuke has a very weird spirit energy and aura. And they kind of develop it more throughout. And it's interesting seeing foreshadowing for stuff later that like I never picked up on when I was younger. But they many times go out of their way to point out that Yusuke has a weird aura.
3: He's a special boy.
0: Yeah, he's a very special boy. He's got that shine. <laughs> I
1: think I said that. Well, uh, never mind. Yes. But, yes, uh, you did. No worries. Uh, what? Uh, one
0: of the... Oh, what was going to say? Never mind. Someone going on all... Think of it. Oh, that's all good. So when Keiko first goes, she isn't sure whether or not it was a dream, and so she's like, well, he's not glowing, so I guess maybe I just fucking dreamed that shit. Uh but then they the camera pans to his feet which are glowing under the covers, and like then Koenma just couldn't, conveniently is like, "Ah yeah, I forgot to mention, it starts with your feet." I'm really surprised you didn't say like, well, "Why didn't you fucking tell me it starts with my feet?"
1: <laughs> this is an anime. This yeah. is not supposed to make tension. any sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, never mind.
0: They need the tension. So, in order to build up more tension, uh, like, basically, Keiko is called out of class by uh, by Takanaka, who's like, hey, if something happened to your mom, this is my best Takanaka voice. And uh, she goes to the hospital, finds out her mom passed out of exhaustion because it's been there's been, like, a heat wave and, uh, you know, maybe the place isn't, like, well-air-conditioned that they work at. And so... Keiko decides to stay with her mom, like, all night, which is, you know, gonna be a problem because Yusuke would talk to her in her dreams, and that's the easiest way for him to communicate with anyone. So, he tries to get Kuwabara, who happens to be at a pretty kick-ass arcade... (laughs) <laughs> um, just playing games. And this is actually a thing that happens throughout um, the anime. People enjoy video games a lot, including characters who you wouldn't guess that based on their age, but that's another thing.
1: Well, I mean, I, bl- I wouldn't blame them. You see those J- Japan arcades, those candy cabs? Oh, stuff? yeah, back in the Man. 90s? Yeah, I, sick I w- stuff, dude. I would I would kill the place. Actually, I'm trying to look for those candy cabs, trying to find one locally. Oh, good shit. <laughs> I just shit. want one for my den. I don't... I don't care. I pay a thousand dollars for one of those things. Damn.
0: But. but um, yeah. So this goes back to Togashi, the uh, manga author. Uh, big fan of video games. He really likes uh, sports racing and quote unquote board game video games. Which I'm like, I hope that doesn't mean he likes Mario Party. Please <laughs> don't <laughs> be Mario Party. But, what
4: means he likes Mario
0: Party. Uh, I was hoping it was like Fortune Street or some
1: shit <laughs> like that. Did you? Did, when did he take a hiatus? Did he take it like in the mid-90s? Because maybe he might have uh, been playing too much Mario Party. I hope not. It was, yeah. it
3: was in the mid-2000s. mid so I gotcha.
1: Yeah. Okay, so probably not Mario Party. Cause, no. So I think I found found the reason why
0: he uh, he had the risk. He had to take a little hiatus.
3: <laughs>
0: um, do, I forget, is it this moment where they show where Atsuko is?
3: There's, like, oh, sorry. I think so, because it's kind of like recapping through um, where everyone is at. Isn't she like drinking with um, her friends or particularly kind of sketchy looking people.
0: I'm I'm very confused (laughs) about this scene because I'm like either this is transphobic or this is bizarrely trans accepting but I'm like I don't fucking know.
2: I think that's just like the bar she likes to go to is like the that kind of host yeah. bar oh it's, it's like, like a cross-dressing an, host yeah. bar I think it's, like, it's not, it looks to yeah me no like I think you club, might be right actually that, like that would make a sense themed
0: host club. yeah like cross-dressing yeah, like of, yeah. manly looking dudes dressed as women serving <laughs> serving her oh man
1: oh man those uh I'd say those drag shows are really fun everyone to those. Oh yeah, drag shows yeah.
0: are a lot of fun. So,
1: I, I, that's what I was thinking when I was watching. It was like, "Oh, with some RuPaul-esque stuff." I think <laughs> in the
0: English dub they kind of like made it sound like they were her old friends, while maybe in the Japanese it was more clear that they were like hosts maybe. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a little yeah. bit a uh,
1: little bit culturally different. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't
0: know hosts are, uh, I guess like Megan, would you be able to explain? Yeah,
2: like a host club is essentially Oh, man, that's a hard. It's it's like you go to a restaurant and you essentially pay You pay for the food, but you really pay for the time with the person who is serving you. Um, Usually they're women, uh, like very pretty women, cater to businessmen and single men and catering to men. Um, You don't pay them directly. You pay them uh, in, like, the things you get. Uh, That sounds sketchy. No, Uh, like like food food and drink. Things are very
0: marked up in order to make up for their service time, basically. Exactly. So,
2: like, you get a beer... For like two thousand yen, like it's—I don't actually know the pricing. I've never actually been to
0: one. Yeah, it's um, sort of the modern incarnation of like, I guess like, geisha culture, sort of. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like related, but it's not a direct analog. Yeah, that's really it's,
1: interesting.
4: Do they have anything like that in the U.S.? Um,
2: uh, no, it's not, nah, not really. Up, no.
0: Yeah, it's it's like it's the only places Escort? outside of Japan. It's like uh, well, sort of. The no, only places but outside like, not
2: not escorting into prostitute but like yeah. escort a sense of someone who's paid to spend time with you yeah yeah the
0: only places where it's big outside of japan really is like other parts of east asia
2: i'm not sure i mean i'd have to be, I, I, no. I i can't categorically
0: no, I say no but i don't know no. I, I
1: don't know the anime cons do like the the was it maid cafes, the the maid, maid, cafes yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: maid cafes are actually very very different from hostiles maid mm-hmm. cafes thrive on cuteness and
0: kawaii oh yeah I just meant I meant the business model rather than oh no it's a very very similar business
2: model yeah
0: rather than like the lustfulness yeah fair enough I got you Uh, but yeah so that's what uh, his mom's doing so he can't like possess her either so like he feels kind (laughs) of fucked um and so like let's transition yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah by the way yeah so, so that's what she's doing so yep yep um so botan's like wait i have a fucking idea and then like possesses keiko's mom who's like in like heat exhaustion or whatever and basically says your dream was real fucking go back it's like abandon
4: your mother yeah yeah it's it's
0: actually yeah in retrospect that is kind of creepy Um, so Keiko runs over and has a near miss regarding the timing, and, like, there's basically a part where Botan and Koenma are shown, and, like, you know, Yusuke had followed them there, and they're like, oh, she missed it, he'll never come back now, or he'll be 52 years older, but, like, the shot is framed in such a way that you can't tell that Yusuke is no longer behind them. It's actually, like, a really cool shot. I put my hands up in sort of, like, the cinema rectangle, but you can't see that, obviously. Were you talking Um, about
1: Liverpool's video?
0: Yeah, let's say that, yeah, well... (laughs) Uh, but anyways, um, so yeah, Yusuke gets up, he's alive, woohoo, it feels like the episode could have ended now, but then they're like, no, now it's time for your transition back into life. You know, that's
1: that's what I thought was interesting, That I felt the episode felt really long because it had like... Two different parts. I thought at first that maybe it might have skipped... It might have went to the next episode. Mm-hmm. But I look at the time thing i like, wait, this is still not
4: done? Yeah.
0: I'm surprised. I like it, but it is weird because imagine... So when we all, like, we binge watch it now, it's like, whatever. But imagine seeing that on a weekly basis and being <laughs> like, wait, what the fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that maybe if they would have just closed it off on that one,
1: it's extended. It, I think that would be a good stopping point. But, you know, maybe... Maybe our views as Westerners for anime is a little bit different than I think it's the even public. different
0: like it feels like that was uncommon even in anime. I think that's more like this is just a function of maybe the way they tried to speed up the beginning of things to mm-hmm. get to the yeah. fighting. Yeah. You know, one of the
1: best examples I have for intros is the Jojo's Bizarre Adventure for that first episode. Oh so yeah, oh, that's a there. half
0: and half episode too. Yeah, a little bit,
1: but it flowed really well, and yeah. I felt like it told the intro story a lot faster. That than
0: dude killed time. my fucking dog. Yeah, now we're brothers. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it, um, but it made sense though. Like watching it, I never got bored of it. And I yeah. think maybe if they did something like that, where they sped it up a lot, I think that would have been better for the resurrection arc. I would have really liked
0: if uh, you know, Yusuke and Kuwabara just played rugby at some point. It would have been, <laughs> been pretty great.
1: Yeah, I think they just have Jojo's adventure to replace uh, Yusuke and Kuwabara. That's season
0: four <laughs> of Jojo. But uh, anyways, um, so yeah, second half of the episode, uh, comes. Yusuke comes back, and uh, these two dudes threaten him, one, not knowing who he is, but two, his reaction uh, freaks them out, because his reaction is, you guys can see me? And he kind of gets like tears in his eyes and like almost yeah. hugs one of the dudes. And like the guy's like about to beat the shit out of him and his friend's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's fucked up to attack crazy people. Let's let's step off right now. <laughs> I um, think it was more like, oh, don't attack
1: him, he's crazy, he'll like, do something
0: crazy. Yeah, no, yeah. The, like the Japanese and English, one of them was like, oh, he'll fucking kill you, and the other one was like, that's a very bad thing to do, my friend. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. We have honor. Yeah.
2: Like. <laughs> we ain't gonna mess with have honor, man. Let me
0: tell you about my feelings towards mental health and how you shouldn't do this. <laughs> well,
1: no, even in Japan, the Japanese one, it seemed like it was more, oh, that guy's crazy, as in he you might do something, like stab him, 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 him or like, yeah. Yeah. cut his head off.
0: I think it was like a bit of both, which is kind of a common Maybe. On. Uh, yeah. yeah, like they were just
2: weirded out. They're like, ah. Uh...
0: Pretty much. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, Yusuke says to be alive is a wonderful thing. He walks by an alley <laughs> and sees a fortune teller. <laughs> so, the reason I'm cracking up is like t- twofold. One, this fortune teller is dressed up in a way that I see very commonly in like mid to late 80s and early 90s. Uh, anime, manga, and video games were like all fortune tellers for some reason were rendered with this like cone robe thing, Clo-y. like cloak. It's, it's like a burka. Almost. Yeah, it's it's like a burka because like I think it was a combination of like
2: the Middle Eastern it was
0: a combination of the regions. Middle Eastern thing but also like Western like oh yeah Christian symbolism because sometimes they would have crosses and stuff yeah. mm-hmm. Mix up
4: things.
0: it's very weird I'd like to I know that it is a trope like it appears in Earthbound it appears in The Legend of Zelda it appears <laughs> in like gunbari Goemon which is an amazing video game y'all should play um and like this
1: was that was that the the purple people
0: uh yeah i think it's the purple people yeah i
1: gotcha
0: um and like so i'm wondering what the fuck the originator of this trend is i wonder if there was like a pulp manga or like pulp movie made in the 70s of like ah the fucking cult you know but like in (laughs) japanese
3: yeah Uh, i think that'd be interesting because it's like when you hear about i guess any religion in japan I don't know, I think like any of the Christianity mean like foreign, or like Christianity, I'm not sure about Islam exactly with how their view of it, but deaf Christianity for sure, it's just like this exotic thing to them. That's why it shows up in so many things and it's widely out of context, usually just there for like a hashtag aesthetics. aesthetic.
0: Oh, uh, let me tell you about Evangelion. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um. Yeah,
0: I'm surprised how popular
1: Christianity was there. I saw like the, the chart and it's, it's like Buddhism and it's like... It's like almost 50, but then Christianity is like 30-something percent. But
2: to be fair, I when you looked at that s- statistic, was it just the people who were religious in Japan? Because I have a feeling a lot of people, according to my host family yeah. when I live there, uh, they said that like a lot of people weren't actually really religious. Yeah. Like, they'd be Shinto, but they just kind of went to the shrines out of habit or tradition, mm-hmm. versus actually like, I believe in what this religion
4: is. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's it's interesting. Japan's odd in that there's a lot of, like, I do this for cultural reasons rather Mm -hmm. than, like, yeah, professed belief, but, like, there's an intersection there, but I don't have enough information.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of feel the, sa- the same way about the, like, a lot of stuff I do, even though I'm not religious, it's cultural, but, like, you know, yeah. the Christmas tree, visiting family
0: having tradition, you know. Well, the Christmas, Christmas, trees, the Christmas tree <laughs> is especially weird because that's not even originally Christian, and, like, in fact, yeah. there's a part of the Bible that straight up says, like, do not decorate trees. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. yeah.
2: Specifically. Well, no,
0: it, it yeah. specifically says, like, don't do that, that's pagan yeah. shit, and then later people are like... Pagan shit sounds pretty good, yeah, my that friend. That like, I mean,
1: is, this, is, is Easter also pagan.
0: Yeah, Easter is also pagan. Which is for another sure. funny
1: thing. Which is I celebrate that, but yeah. I don't, yeah, which I think is extremely funny. Yeah, there's a
0: lot of things in Christianity where it's like, wow, you know how you vanquished all those other religions, you kind of yeah. took parts of them and put them on your body in a weird way. I gotcha. Yeah.
1: But, but speaking of the weirdest Osprey, so quick. But uh, do you guys know what they actually? Uh, that's really popular in Japan on uh, Christmas.
2: KFC. Yo. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say KFC. Yeah.
1: yeah, people get in line. Yeah, one of my, fr- my one of my friends, the teaching there, he, like, he thought it was really weird. He was like, "Do you guys in in like uh, the the UK and stuff do this?" Like, "No, we don't. We kind of have like ham and stuff." Yeah, so, I thought that was really interesting.
2: Yeah, Christmas. I know this is really off topic, but Christmas in Japan <laughs> is like a, a couple's holiday, which yeah. is Like really a family holiday. It's like you and your potential mate, or like a group of friends, mm-hmm. go out to do a, like a pot or like Christmas party order chicken especially from KFC <laughs> grab some drinks or sodas depending on how old you are and like go ham like it's a really it's an interesting holiday it's more friends and couples than like a family tradition. oh man
0: I kind of want to start doing that on like the 23rd or some shit sure. yeah do
1: that podcast <laughs>
0: podcast cootie pop uh, party yeah. <laughs> I'm down I'm down but Have like a we well record the podcast too so Anyways, let's fish so, so going back. So Botan is the well. Oh, sorry, I spoiled it. But the fortune teller is fucking Botan because it should be really obvious <laughs> to oh, anyone man, are who you can fucking me? You. no. I didn't
1: even know that. So Patrick,
0: uh, funny story. This is a trend in the Show. I won't explain more than that. But there are characters where it's like we know who that is, and sometimes they keep it secret, quote unquote. For, like, Way 50 long, episodes. Yeah. Oh, and then... Oh, Yeah. Then they're just like, oh my god, I can't believe it was you. It's like, that was literally the same voice actor, you fucking idiots. Like,
2: same outfit. Yeah. Same. you're just
0: wearing a mask. Like, I love you, Hakusho, but that is, like, one of the dumbest things about the entire show. Like, this is a repeated thing. It's,
2: it's like, like when you put sunglasses on a character. Yeah, it's like, it's who like, is that?
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> very Superman. It's very Superman. But yeah, re- they reveal themselves... I mean, well, no, they don't reveal themselves yet, but basically... Uh, this person says, oh, you still have a mission. Yushuke is like, what the fuck are you talking about, you crazy psychic person I've never met?
1: Crazy psycho.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so he goes to a cafe, uh, and, like, just, like, finds these dudes from, uh, Ruka Fuji Middle School. But that's only in the English version. In the Japanese version, it's, like, Kassen... I can't fucking pronounce it, which is probably. Yeah, well, I probably also took it down wrong. Uh, which is part of the reason that they probably didn't render it or didn't say it in the English version because, like, well, we're gonna fuck this up, y'all. Um, so these dudes are just talking about how they're taking over the territory, which, you know, pisses off Yusuke because, like, he used to be the the toughest dude in town. And, like, they obviously don't know he's back yet. Um, and then one of them brings up, like, yeah, we fucking stomped Kuobara's ass. Like, if, you know, if Yusuke was here, like, it'd be a problem, but he's not. Uh surprise,
1: surprise. Yeah,
0: and so Yusuke looks over at like one of the dudes and sees that he has like demon horns, which you know, he's like, that's kinda weird. Like, you know, just a bit, just a bit. Um, but like uh he the guy's like, yeah, I fucking made Kuobara steal something for me. Uh and then Yusuke's like, Kubara would never do that, he's too honorable, and then Koobara comes through the door, he's like, I fucking stole this shit for you. <laughs> Um, oh but, God. but, <laughs> the, part, the guy looking through it is like, that's weird, Kobar. I didn't know they gave receipts for fucking stealing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so was like, I fucking got you the manga, what's wrong with you? Uh, and then he's like, no, I want to teach you the joy of stealing, which, one, if a normal dude, and you didn't know the guy was a demon, fucking said that to you, wouldn't you be a bit creeped out? Yeah. Like, that's some gang initiation yeah.
1: shit. Yeah. Like, well, I mean,
0: that's the point of it,
1: they're a gang,
0: that's, that's what I took from it. But, like... So they're like a gang, but not in the way that it's like, we're gonna get into hard drugs. It's more like, we're toughs and we wanna beat people up.
1: Well, man, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, if you're, if, I mean, if you're doing that, you're not gonna have them, uh, whack a person. You're gonna have them steal something or act, show something that's, you know, delinquent or something that's, oh, you're cool, you stole this, or, oh, you beat up this kid, or, you, you know.
0: But I think it's like a honor among, like, Punks and tough guys thing, where it's more like no, we're more here to beat ass rather than steal things. Yeah, maybe I guess it's maybe just a cultural thing. I think I, I think that's exactly the thing. Western, yeah, we're stealing it's considered the like the cool lesser thing. thing as opposed to like beating the shit out of someone. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Right. Well, it's like you know there's honor in a fight. It's like a right. fist to cuss between men. But when you steal something, it's just like where are what profits you get from that? Yes, you get that item for free, but I don't know that isn't much of like a challenge. There's no control of will between two individuals. It's just someone stealing something from another person With, you know. without their knowledge, really too, yeah.
1: It makes you want to wonder if there's maybe penalties are a little bit lesser for stealing in Japan than I don't think uh, so. here. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, fighting Japan the the, the fighting is oh. lesser than stealing. Uh,
0: so
2: I've never seen a street fight in Japan. I don't think,
3: it's I, don't think I was gonna I say, fight the street like these punks. I was going <laughs> to say
0: I think it's like like young boys like to talk about like the few fights they've been in over and over and over again, like mm-hmm. rather than like actually fighting that much, like. Uh, I'll say I have some personal experience, yeah. Um, like, with very much, like, oh, yeah, this fucking happened. It's like, and you know, I'm going to talk about it for a couple months until the next one. Years, years. I
2: still yeah. talk about the one fight I've ever oh. been in, like, years. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, 16, guys. You oh, know. my
0: God, yeah. That was that was some fun times back in the day. But I think it's more like that. It's just the bravado of, like, yeah, we had a fucking rumble one time. And then, like, if you went back and had video footage, it'd be like, this is the lamest <laughs> shit on the planet, actually. Um, but, yeah. It's yeah, it yeah. Just always
1: ends up with you, with one of them grappling the other guy and just punching him or doing some dumb punch thing. Um,
0: yes, exactly. So it's, it's not
1: as cool as you do huh, show. Except for
0: that one time I shot energy out of my hand; it was crazy. Oh man, I did that
1: last week. Oh, that was so good. I shot it out of my dick.
0: <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> well, <laughs> podcast over. Um, but yeah, so Yusuke's like, well, how the fuck could he, you know, get Kobar to do this? Kubar a good guy, but it's be- he's like, well, he must have something over Kubar, and the person's like, ah. You know, I'm going to hurt Aikichi. And then, like, he's like, oh, he must have some cute girl that Kuwabara likes. And then, like, basically, they uh, they they pull they bring out Aikichi, and it's a fucking kitten. And, like, you know, Kuwabara's like, ah! Because uh, he, uh, you know, secret, even though he's, like, a big, tough guy, he also has, like, a really soft spot in his heart for little cats. Um, and so Yusuke, you know, does the stereotypical anime falling over because of how fucking shocked he is moment. And so they're like, let's take this outside. Uh, the Oni, like the dude with the demon horns is like, yeah, Kobar beat the shit out of your friends or I'm going to fucking kill your cat. He breaks a <laughs> beer bottle on, like... It's just like, Jesus Christ, this escalated, dude. Uh, or I'll fucking kill your cat. Uh, I mean, he's a demon, so... Yeah, I mean, he, he is, he is. And what's interesting is some of the worst acts of animal cruelty happen later in the series and they're done by humans.
1: But... Uh, <laughs> So, so uh, I'm confused. So is he a demon or is he being possessed? He's being he's possessed.
0: Not a yeah, he's being possessed. But I think the easiest way for them to indicate, like, hey, this dude's a demon, was to have like the horns appear on his head, I as opposed that. to yeah. And so um, you know, so Kobara is considering whether or not to hit his friends. I don't think he ever really considered it. But his friends are like, just fucking hit us. We'll pretend it's the other dude, and then later we'll beat the shit out of him after he gives the cat back, which seems naive on a couple you know points. But in the U.S. version, Kurobara explicitly says, "I can't do that. It's part of my code." Because I think they had to elaborate to Western viewers, like, "Yeah, a fucking code of honor thing is a big deal amongst you know like people who are into that in Japan." While in Japanese, he just says, "I can't do that," you know, because mm-hmm. the cultural understanding is already there. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah, so it's an interesting it's an interesting difference. A uh, difference. So Yusuke shows up and straight up rabbit punches a dude in the head <laughs> after like some talking. For anyone who doesn't know, rabbit punching is punching someone in the back of the head or, like, the spine, and that's, one, super dangerous, and, two, like, if he knows that dude's possessed and not just a demon, that's, like, a super fucked up thing to do, but whatever, it's an anime, so everyone's gonna roll out of that.
1: Just brush themselves off and walk off.
0: Yeah. That. The dude gets instantly knocked out, I don't know, from getting punched in the fucking spine, uh, and a ton- tiny, uh, yokai, or demon, like, comes out of his mouth, uh, we'll- in a later episode, elaborate the differences between... The differences and similarities between the terms yokai and demon. But for now, we'll use them interchangeably. Uh, technically, he's... I think they call him Jockey, but, like, Jockey is, like, a pretty standard term for certain yokai as well. So it's ambiguous as to whether or not he is a jockey or he mm-hmm. is a dude named Jaki. Um But in the U.S. version... Uh, so basically, you know, he he catches this, like, demon, and, like, Botan shows up, reveals who she is, as if we didn't fucking know, and says, <laughs> hey, that was your first case as Spirit Detective, you fucking did it. He's like, Spirit Detective, what's that? Koenma appears in the fucking sky and says, like, yo, dog, you're gonna be the Spirit Detective, and the American version says something like, I've designed some powers for you, while in the Japanese version there's no- nothing like that, which... That's a really weird choice, and I'm not exactly sure why they went with that, but maybe it will become clear as things go on. Yeah. I'm saying, it's Yusuke. Man, did that hit me harder than I thought? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, in the, in the in the Japanese version, it's more like, well, these powers are just sort of naturally what would happen if you could do the things he can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to in the Japanese version, it was like, no, I have to teach you this. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, all the episodes we uh, watched for this week. Uh, I guess, like... Not only, like, what are your guys' thoughts on episode five, but, like, what are your thoughts on, like, the five episodes, like, the resurrection arc and the beginning of, like, the spirit detective arc?
1: I just think it maybe was a little bit too long and I didn't like it as much. I really thought that uh, a lot of it dragged on a lot. Uh, they could have probably
0: summed it up in two to two episodes, with, like, the one I was saying before. But... Mm-hmm. It's like the hundred episodes of Yu Gi Oh! before anything happens. I had a hundred chapters of manga of Yu Gi Oh! where it's literally just him playing games with people. I mean, that that was actually interesting with the the Mongolia, like,
1: killed, like, almost everybody. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. It's it's just, like,
0: different tonally, I guess, is what I'm going for.
2: I forgot, like, this... Because, you know, when we watch it growing up, all you remember is essentially the Dark... What is it called? The Dark... The Dark Tournament. The Dark Tournament. The the Dark Tournament, The Dark Tournament. The uh, Dark Tournament and, like, essentially that kind of style of show. Yeah. I almost completely forgot there was anything before that where he didn't have his powers. He needed to be... Trained essentially, yeah, things like that. Um, or like that, he was living in the human world.
0: Did the dark tournament like is that where you came in when you first watched it?
2: I have a feeling it was like either the dark tournament or something for that. It's been, it was you know, a mm. solid 10, it's, yeah, 15 years ago, yeah. You know, that I actually like, I when I was like, like the first time watched through, um, but yeah, so I forgot that this part and to Patrick's Tournament. it's I felt the same way, it was a little slower, but I do like that, like, the characters can develop from here which is something i didn't realize when i watched it as a kid really.
0: yeah i when i first watched it i came in during the genkai succession tournament which i think is a pretty good place to enter the series because they reintroduce some characters from earlier after it anyways mm-hmm. but i think the place where the series like really gets its footing is a couple episodes before that which mm-hmm. is we're about to do for the next episode of the mm-hmm. show yeah. um where you meet Uh, two of the other main characters and one dude who's the Raditz of the show and that you'll never see him again.
1: (laughs) Is he as weak as Raditz?
0: Yeah, he's he's a a Raditz (laughs) character, but he's not, like, Yusuke's older brother or anything.
4: (laughs) That'd be, that'd be some,
0: yeah, yeah, god, that'd be some goofy shit. I I still, even though it's been, even though the Raditz part of Dragon Ball Z fucking happened when I was, like, a tiny, tiny child, I'm still disappointed that they never did anything with that character because he's literally the main character's brother. But yeah. yeah. He's he's like the
1: best the best jokes in Team four Star, though. I know. I think it was made up, made up of paper Boucher or rabbits. Damn. <laughs> um. Yeah. I guess.
3: Um. I really like the first five episodes. I guess it, one thing that kind of was a little jarring was the quality in animation, mm. and this is something I'm always interested in as an artist designer. Is like especially when you watch. You come in watching like the later episodes. It's like when you watch the first episode, it's like that typical not like super cheap but kind of cheap animation. Everything's kind of rounded um really bright colors, which is evident with like cell shaded animation at the time. if you guys don't know. Back before computers were really a standard for um, animation, they painted everything by hand using, like, non-transparent paint. So things like Yusuke being a ghost, he couldn't, you know, look see-through because that wasn't, like, a capability they could do back then.
0: Uh, So I just wanted to say something really quick. She said the word cell-shaded. Um, oh, not
3: cell shading. I'm traditional animation. Yeah, traditional yeah.
0: animation cells, which yeah. are what cell shading is named after. I just wanted to clarify that sorry. because someone was gonna fucking crucify us.
3: Oh, sorry, My anime bad.
0: Twitter will kill us. <laughs> and the cool <laughs> thing is that a lot of those
1: cells you can actually purchase and buy. Yeah. yeah. So if you, I mean, and they made thousands and thousands of these things. So if you guys, you know, ever want, hey, how can I get part of you? Yu Hakusho show or come more of that? You could probably just pick it up and uh, usually they sell on eBay for maybe like a.
0: to $100 usually for those cells. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to see the part of Dragon Ball Z where Raditz gets pierced with the special beam cannon and, like, they just have shocked expressions on their face? I know I've always wanted (laughs) that animation (laughs) cell. Well, unfortunately, stuff like that's probably going to be, like, thousands. Yeah, it's probably
1: thousands of dollars. So, yeah, Almost, like, dumb as hell. Yeah. Yeah, it ranges depending on how good the scene is. So, if it's something like a back, you might be paying $15, $20. If it's something like, you know, an action scene like that or, you know, something really cool, you're going to pay more as it looks better. Yeah.
3: yeah so there's like that difference that i kind of noticed but episode five had a much higher quality in terms of animation than the first four and i'm thinking partly because it was such an intense scene um i think i think it was like one of there was like a heavy directing involvement with Mm -hmm. like the main director right episode five and i think um, it's a bit more angular, it kind of sets the tone differently as well, because the light, rounded animation is, like, kind of makes sense with, you know, like, what him being a ghost floating around, but, like, it wouldn't work well for, like, heavy action that a show is going to become.
0: Yeah, it, it will be interesting as we go through talking about the differences between the animation shifts and the manga art style shifts yeah. and, like, why they occurred. Because some, for the anime, has to do with personnel changes while the manga has a lot more to do with the relative exhaustion level of Tagashi, mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, we'll elaborate on in a future time, but it's pretty legendary, the work schedule he had at the time.
1: Yeah, the mangaka's work, like, animals. It's insane. Yeah. Like, i uh... Maybe we'll bring it up probably like the next episode about how their work schedule is. It's crazy. Oh, yeah.
0: It, it like, fucks up
1: people for life. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, there's blocks where it's like, he's editing at, like, three in the morning or, you know, getting approval at three in the morning or drawing. It's like, how does this guy, people function? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty actually, crazy. It's actually
2: across all aspects of Japanese work-life. Yep. There's no sure. work-life balance. Animation probably has it one of the hardest. I was going to say, I think they
0: have it like relatively yeah. harder than most professions, but it's a pretty bad problem across Japanese society.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's yeah. that. Yeah. Heavy
0: shit to end this episode. <laughs> well, uh, yeah,
4: we'll
1: definitely talk more about that and maybe do some research. Oh yeah, thing. for sure. Uh, Sarah, did you have something to
4: say?
3: Uh, well, I feel like going back and watching the first five it's just hits you with the nostalgia at least it did for me in terms of like where i would put it it's definitely not my favorite but i feel like it does set a really good tone of just understanding who these characters are this is where they come from and it makes you excited to see where they can grow
0: good stuff well, uh, anyways, I think we're going to close out the show. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the first episode of The Yu Yu Hakusho. Your support means uh, <laughs> your support means all three worlds, human, demon, and spirit to us. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just a chat at our, our social media handles uh, linked in the description below. Tune in for the next episode where we'll discuss episodes 6 through 10.
1: Yeah, thanks guys for listening. Have a great day.
4: Crying, crying. Sooing, Yeah.